Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. <clears throat> My name is Kelly S. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, April 19th. Today we are reading from the big book and we're going to be on page 53, top of the page, first paragraph, logic is great stuff. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with what was our choice to be and we'll comment on both paragraphs. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Rowan M, 12 traditions, Holly S, readers of the text, Susan H, Carrie N, and Irene M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, April 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11310, 11310, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11313, 11313. <clears throat> OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rowan M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rowan. Rowan, star one. Sorry about that. Hi, this is Rowan M. calling from New York. One, we admitted we were powerless over food. Their lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Rowan. I just want to remind everybody to please press star one so we can have a nice quiet meeting. So if you introduced yourself this morning and said good morning, just make sure your phone is muted. 
So I will now ask Holly S. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive, to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you so much, Holly S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two <clears throat> from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study at the big book. We're on page 53, first paragraph. It starts with logic is great stuff. We're going to be reading through two paragraphs, ending with what was our choice to be. We're going to comment on both of those paragraphs. And today, Susan H. will begin our reading. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Kelly. Um, this is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Ohio and very grateful to be of service today. Logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, to draw conclusions. That is one of man's magnificent attributes. We agnostically inclined, would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. 
Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. When we became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade, we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? <clears throat> I look at this tipping point paragraph and I recall reading with my sponsor. I had a sinking feeling that I had to be pinned down to a decision. Very uncomfortable spot for me. I did my best to look at my experience with my disease. The hopelessness of depending on finite self, failing to defeat my obsession again and again. Then I considered what I heard from recovered fellows, the happy, joyous, and free that poured out from them and from my sponsor. I wrote in the margin, I choose help. And that's how I approached admitting God is everything. Even though I did not, I find I still don't understand who and what my HP is. My finite mind cannot fathom the spirit of the universe. But he is my only hope, my only help. My power, my self-sufficiency got me nowhere. I chose to trust him, and I find the more I trust, the more I surrender, the more I see that he is everything. Thanks to everyone on the line for allowing me to do service this morning, and I will pass with that. Thank you so much, Susan. Appreciate your share. Okay, <clears throat> so who would like to share on the two paragraphs that were read? Barbara C. Nancy P. Nancy P. Nicole C. P. P. Nancy P. Bye, okay, I have. I think I have Barbara C, Nancy T, Nicole, Pete, and Larry. Kim G. I Kim G. Bonnie M. Bonnie M. M. Let's stop there. So here's who I have so far: Barbara C, Nancy T, Nicole, Pete B, Larry K, Kim G, Bonnie M. We'll stop there, and we'll get the rest of you guys in the next round. So if you guys can please remute your phone with uh, star one. We will start with Barbara C., followed by Nancy T. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Hi, I'm Barbara C., and I'm compulsive overeater in Virginia. And uh, I'm so glad I'm listening today because this is something I've been fighting with for a while. I don't know why. I mean... I have a good, strong program as far as religion, but I have such a hard time with giving up and giving things to my higher power. And I've been realizing that I just don't really understand you know, who that is or what that is. And I'm coming to comprehend that it needs to be something that I truly believe in. And I had a dear, dear friend who years ago told me you know, if you can't deal with a male problem, because I've had a lot of problems with men in my life, 
that maybe having a female would be a better idea for you. And so I'll start to look at, you know, HPV and women, and that has really helped me because I have a lot of strong, wonderful women that I can think of, you know, that I can look at and say, you know, these are people who succeeded and these are people who show me strength and show me um, confidence and who show me that I can be these things. And that's what I want my highest power to be. So that's why I'm glad that I'm listening and I'm, you know, hearing what you all have to say. And this is really helping me with my ongoing work on trying to get myself clean and uh, free of the food. So thank you for that, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara C. Next up, Nancy T., followed by Nicole. Hi, this is Nancy P. Is in Peter. Can I oh, be heard? Sorry. Yes, sorry about that. Just um, starting my timer. Um, so um, this is like my favorite paragraph. The second paragraph is the favorite is my favorite one. And my favorite line is God. He is um, God. Either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Like I, it had to be exactly that to me. I, I had to stop jerking around and make a decision. And um, the way that I did that was um, about 15 years ago, I had a personal catastrophe, a family catastrophe, where at the time, the only thing that I could imagine that was worse is if one of my children died. And, um, and so I made my decision like that burned that, that catastrophe burned everything else away and was le- and I was left with this sort of stark decision and so I decided okay god is but then and I had also I was also in the middle of going through this process for the first time and so I felt as though I'd had this spiritual awakening and I was going to be fine and you know I was going to slog through and I did all that um but the the process didn't take I had no um no recovery to offer anybody um, and, you know, my whole life has been, you know, a journey, except that me as a compulsive overreader, I don't want to take a journey. I want to be at the destination. And um, so today I can say that when I was doing these steps, I said to my sponsor, um, you know, I'm kind of afraid that I'm, I don't really believe in God. I, don't, I hope that this will work because it hadn't worked, right? So I had some experience that it didn't work. And she said, well, you don't have to worry about that right now because you haven't had a spiritual awakening. And I said, okay. So I, you know, continued on. And today I can say that I have had an awakening, but I am not at the end of the journey, you know, and I know that I'm not very good at, you know, doing 10 steps and I'm not very good at praying and meditating and I'm not very good at any of it, but I do do it. And like anything, um, I know that it will get better with practice. And that is the same statement that I've told my kids or said to myself and, you know, I've, or I've witnessed happen in my own life that as I become more expert at something, I do get better. Or as I, as I slog through something and get more familiar with how it works and how it goes, then I do get better at it. And um, so today I can look forward to enjoying the journey, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Um, Nicole, I didn't get your initial of your last name, and then we'll have Pete B. Nicole? Hi, this is Nicole C. in California. Can you hear me? Great. I can. Thanks, Nicole. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater for sure, so let me say that. Um, (laughs) And 
I I love this paragraph on page 53, the second one. I I actually use this um, practically almost every day because I forget my primary purpose. I forget. I get in too deep. Um, I love telling my sponsees that um, when there's this movie like 21 Jump Street where these guys go in and they're undercover and they're they come like one of them falls in love with a girl and they completely forget their mission, right? Like he's in too deep. And that's what happens with me every day. Like I'm in too deep with my, with my role that I'm playing. Like I forget that like at work, for example, that's not my whole world. And so what I do is throughout the day, constantly I ask myself, okay, God either is or isn't. And I ask myself this, you know, multiple times throughout the day because I have to remember that God is my employer right? Like my employer, like, yeah, they, they're one of the ways that God provides to me, but ultimately God's at the top of the hierarchy. And I really love that it asks, uh, um, it asks for the choice. It doesn't say, Hey, you know, reader, like God is everything. So accept it. Let's move on. It asks us to choose, like, this is the turning point for us. Um, this is kind of like, okay, we we choose now. Which way do we want to go? And for me, it's so important for me to say this in practical application to myself every day because, you know, I started out thinking, well, God can handle this type of problem, but not that type of problem, you know? And I just remind myself in a practical way, okay, I can't stop a wave. I can't decide for the world whether the sun's going to come up or not. Um, I don't need to stand next to a tree and say, hey, tree, grow. You know, that just happens. Um, And I don't have to understand God for God to work. I don't have to understand God for um, God to make changes in me. Um, I just need to to build the relationship, and it works. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Nicole C., Next up, Pete B., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Are you able to hear me okay? Hello? Sorry. Are you able to hear me okay? I can. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, good morning. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thank you for taking the meeting. Thank you for getting me in the lineup. I, I, uh, I, I, I think so much in the, in those two paragraphs um, makes so much sense to me, right? Like, so logic is great stuff. Um, it, it, it's a gift by the, the gift from the higher power. Um, it's uh, it's something that we can continue to use and should continue to use. And the preceding chapters that we read all logically explain this condition. And if we read them and understand them and, re- and relate to them, we should be able to logically arrive at the point that we ha- have been faced with a self-imposed crisis, right? And, and, and what I love about that term, self-imposed crisis, is that all my life I viewed myself as a victim. I have this disease, you know, I, inha- I inherited, I, you know, it, 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 it was inherited from my, from my family. Self-imposed crisis. I, in sound mind, 
decided to take the first fatal bite of my alcoholic substances on so many occasions and then found myself uh, in the phenomena with the phenomena of craving and then incomprehensible demoralization. All of those decisions I made on my own. This crisis, right, while I have a disease, this crisis is self-imposed. And the, and the fact that I have this condition, it's either I'm either going to be saved by a power greater than myself or I am going to continue to suffer the incomprehensible demoralization of being a compulsive overeater. And if that would, and you know, just because I have the desire to stop eating compulsively or overeating compulsively doesn't mean that I'm a compulsive overeater from of the hopeless variety. There are many, there are many who are not, but if I, but if I am, if I have this condition, there is only one solution, and it's either God or it's nothing. You know, our, our, our literature says there is one that has all power, right? That means there's no other power. There's no, you know, a vision for you is human aid, right? My sponsor is human aid. Remembering the pain and suffering caused by food is mental defense. There's no mental defense. There is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And if you come to that conclusion and you realize that, maybe no, maybe there's another, there's another practical approach. That's totally fine. That's completely fine. Uh, welcome. And uh, keep coming back. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Pete B. Next up, Larry K. followed by Kim G. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Kelly. <clears throat> Thanks for your service. You know, they, we, it's t- this paragraph is talking about um, logic and reason being good stuff, and it is. I, reminds me, I, I get to, um, I love immersing myself in, in cognitive psychology. I get to do that as part of my work. And, and um, you know, human beings, we, we tend to reason from anecdotes, and we ignore evidence that disconfirms our prevailing beliefs. Anecdotal evidence is the type of evidence that you'll find in the rooms of OA. I mean, you'll find it in society. You know, it's like playing the game of telephone. When I first walked into the rooms of OA, I, I saw someone who lost a whole lot of weight, and I, I wanted to lose a whole lot of weight, and I got to know that person, and that person was, was dying, dieting, Dying, yeah, that maybe that was the case too. Dieting with group support, very rigid on the diet. There wasn't a lot of discussion about this, you know, the spiritual, the spiritual foundation of this program. That was a well-intentioned person. That person had lost a lot of weight, you know. Um, and I heard anecdotal stories about this. And if you visit the rooms of OA, some random room in some random city anywhere in this country. You'll listen to the stories of relapse and the perpetuation of this disease and the daily frustration, and you'll hear some good stuff too. You'll hear some slogans. And I walked away with a theory that didn't work very well for me. You know, and and, and people who are endlessly dieting and relapsing, dieting and relapsing, and and they've done so miserably with control and frustration, and these are good people. That wasn't what the program was designed to do. And these, <clears throat> these folks, if they're honest, will tell you they've trudged the road of, of misery. 
It's exhausting. And I know what that's like. See, step two for me is about laying aside my desire to intellectualize any notion of God. Step two is about laying aside my desire to be right, to be a good little boy, to be comparative, to be perfect. Surrender is just, let it, is just doing the work, trudging this road, chopping my wood each day. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Next up, Kim G., followed by Bonnie M. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Former thinking is soft and mushy. It kind of reminds me back to the paragraph before where it talks about I'm sticking to the idea that, that self-sufficiency will work. You know, and I think to myself, what is, what is that thinking, you know, that, the idea that I can get back on track, that idea that today I can choose to be abstinent, they know that absence is the most important thing in my life today without exception. That all I have to do is say, don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. And unfortunately, you know, for many people, including myself, that, that OA is a tool program, not a step program. So I'm in a self-imposed crisis. And I have to tell you, I can make an argument, maybe before over is anonymous, that it's not self-imposed because I didn't understand you know, I can even make an argument that in many meetings of Overeaters Anonymous that are unhealthy and confusing that maybe I don't quite understand what I, I uh, suffer from, so it's not self-imposed. But I'm now on page 53 of the big book. I have been educated on the allergy. I've been educated that's a biological function. I can never, ever, ever, ever have those foods again. I've been educated on the mental twist that no matter how long I'm abstinent, that this mental twist is going to convince me to eat again. And if I continue to think that self-will and staying on guard is enough, that's a self-imposed crisis. So why am I at the point where I can no longer postpone or evade? It's because I recognize at this point I'm screwed. Step one does not say don't eat. Step one tells me I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, unless I have a spiritual awakening. You know, when I recovered, I remember coming into a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting and hearing that and being really pissed off and thinking those people were arrogant because I'm recovering. I'm never, I'm never not going to have this disease. But let me tell you the difference for me, the way that I look at it. When I was recovering, that was all soft and mushy thinking. That was me thinking I can do this on my own. This was me hustling for recovery, that enough meetings and enough phone calls and getting that right sponsor and having that perfect food plan, maybe even having the right Tupperware is going to protect me from this illness. That was all about me and self-sufficiency. I identify myself today as a recovered compulsive overeater because I recognize because of these steps and having a spiritual awakening and having access to a power, I'm not doing it. It is the most humble thing I say on a daily basis is that I'm recovered because I'm acknowledging that a power greater than myself is doing something for me that I could not do for the first 40 years of my life. So when we, and, and I, loved, I saw this meme on Facebook, and I'm going to end with this, with this idea of a self-imposed crisis. And it was a picture of the big book, and it said, I'm sorry you're not getting the results from the work you're not willing to do. And this is the turning point. God either is or he isn't. This 12-step program either is or he isn't. What is your decision today? And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up is Bonnie M. Good morning, Bonnie. Hi, this is Bonnie M. from Massachusetts, uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. 
and um yeah, God is everything or God is nothing. Uh, that's what my choice had to be. Um, when God is nothing, then I am everything. And the decisions that I make for myself and try to run others just doesn't work. And I've tried it and I've tried it and I've tried it. And uh, my sponsor uh, led me through this big book. Uh, paragraph by paragraph, line by line, and, you know, I came to believe in a power greater than me, and the only thing I had to know is that it wasn't me, Um, so when I got the compulsion, when I got the urge to say something, to do something, to eat something that I know in my gut was wrong, But in my mind, I could justify it somehow because of what was going on in my life, because of X, Y, Z. And that's me taking my power back. That is me letting go of the hand of God. And when I could learn to walk hand in hand with God, that's when I knew God had my back. Uh, If I just asked for help every single time, God would come. Um, I call God a hymn. My God takes many different forms. Uh, Right now, I feel like God is a part of me. God is my light. God is in my smile. God is in my eyes. God is in my actions. Um, And what a wonderful life I'm living right now beyond my wildest dreams because I had the willingness to keep God close, to call him in all the time not just when things were bad you know that foxhole prayer god come and save me out of this and i promise i'll never do it again i've done that a million bazillion times praying hoping wishing no i had to actually do it i had to believe i had to be willing then i actually had to do it um and now i can't imagine living my life without god um i don't think I would be as successful as I am today. And I'm completely abstinent. I'm in a job I love. All these fabulous things have happened to me. However, I'm human. I have emotions. I picked up and and God was just gone. You know, just gone. I thought I could keep both in my head, but there's just not enough room in my head for the food, the craziness, and my higher power. There just isn't enough room, so one had to go. And I invited God back in and kept praying, hoping, wishing that I would pause when agitated. Time. And um, and luckily, thankfully, uh, I can pass this on to other people and just share my experience, strength, and hope and listen to you all. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie M., Okay, so we're going to open up for some more shares. Just a reminder, we are on page 53. We're at the first paragraph. We read through two paragraphs. Logic is great stuff ending with what was our choice to be, commenting on both paragraphs. Who would like to share? Craig S. Irene M. Leah M. Here's who I have so far. I heard other voices but couldn't catch them. Craig F. Melissa C, Irene M, Leah M, Reva P, Reva P, Mary B, 
Mary. Carly Z. Carly, is it Carly? Z, yes. Okay, Carly Z. Well, let's stop there. That looks like a good lineup. If you can please remute your phone, star one. Here's our lineup. Craig F., Melissa C., Irene M., Leah M., Reva P., Mary B., Carly Z. Starting with Craig F., followed by Melissa. Hey, Craig, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, It's a pretty... uh, Interesting paragraph, a couple of paragraphs, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a getting on or getting off point. Um, you know, like a lot of people, I try to reason my way uh, to God, and uh, I uh, remain very doubtful uh, during that period of time. Uh, you know, I, I, my intellect, uh, as strong as I may think it is, isn't strong enough to reason this out. You know, uh, uh, I, I went through that same thought process that many of us do, you know, where I uh, thought that uh, God was just a superstition that we use to explain things we couldn't explain. Um, and that, you know, if you, we really, you know, as, as science advanced, then we needed God less and less. But, um, that's really kind of unsatisfying uh, of an answer. And, you know, uh, as, as, but as I progressed, what I understood, came to understand is that God is an experiential thing that, that I, in order to know God, I have to experience God. Uh, you know, if you take a blind man and that was born blind, he, you might be able to explain light to him a color to him, but he's not, or her, they're, they're never really going to truly understand it because they don't experience it. Uh, if you take uh, somebody born deaf and explain sound and noise, music to them, they might, uh, they might get an idea of what you're talking about, but they need to experience it to truly understand it. And, and, and so as we go through life, we have a choice, and the choice is whether we uh, blind ourselves, ignore those experiences that are God experiences, or whether we experience them and accept them. And uh, when we do that, then we, then I can, when I do that, then I can truly come to know uh, God in, in, a, in a different way, a way that, that kind of transcends uh, the my weak logic, uh, you know, I, and I I'll call it weak logic. I'm I'm close to a math degree. I have an engineering degree. You know, I, I think I'm pretty logical about a lot of things, but uh, you know, my my uh, my logic is still insufficient in in the face of this question. So uh, not only is it a choice, it's a, it's also it's a choice to experience. God and and to experience God on a personal Time. basis and with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig F. Next up, Melissa C. followed by Irene M. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, yeah, so yeah, I love logic. I love. Um, 
yeah, give me the, give me some evidence. Um, let me draw some conclusions based on this evidence. Let me use my my thinking. And um, you know, I the funny thing is, I liked that only um, when it was convenient. Because if I was logical um, and use the evidence, you know, I was failing. So reliance on me wasn't working, you know, and yet um, it took me a really long time to, to draw that conclusion, you know. And so that's like when you are crushed by the self-imposed crisis, when you're really screwed and you've got no other options left, um, you might as well give this a shot, you know, and that's really what it what it came down to for me. And, um, you know, and so in step two, and this, you know, this part, we don't necessarily know what that God is, you know, and we've already been told it could be whatever you want it to be, um, and it can grow and change and evolve. Um, so early on, it's, are you going to believe in this process? Like, what are your choices to be? Either continue on with food as God, um, and and the evidence for me was that was an epic fail, you know, or um, try this thing. And when um, you know when I speak to people and and they're struggling with this kind of thing, you know, this God thing, because it sounds really scary. We sound crazy. We sound like a cult, you know, like a bunch of freaks, I think, sometimes to people. Um, it's how about give this everything you've got? We've got to come with a starting point. We have to have one place that we can actually start from. And so it's just the process in the beginning. Put everything you've got into this process, into following the steps, into following the directions, into seeking a spiritual solution. And for me, like, the evidence is clear. I've yet to meet a person in this beautiful program who has done this thing thoroughly, 100%, who continues to do this thoroughly and hasn't come up with a higher power. I mean, it's, I've, it hasn't happened yet. And, and everybody that I've come into contact with that has had an effective spiritual awakening um, is living a far better life than they were living before. You know, that's the evidence. That's all the conclusions that I need to have. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Next up, Irini M. followed by Leah M. Good morning, Irini. Irini, you there? Star one. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service, Kelly. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. My ideas never worked with trying to control my food, trying to do my best to manage my emotions, trying to control others. All of this trying brought me into the shadows of my darkness. I was so lost and alone. Even though I had people around me that loved me so much, I felt lost and alone. I was disconnected. My pain, my despair, my obsessions, my compulsions, all of my craziness all brought me to make a decision to change from trying to plan and manage and control my life to choosing to run on God's power, listen and follow God's plan. 
I had to stop denying the truth and start believing that I can't, period. And God can, because I already tried to do my best. I tried to think my way out with my soft and mushy ideas. And it was my thinking that brought me to my knees. I only seemed hopeless, but thank you, God, I saw, see hope and seemed hopeless. I actually have the ability to choose? Wow. So I needed to make a choice, and I needed to be willing. I needed to believe because there was nothing else for me. So here is a choice. Either God is or he isn't. When I became a compulsive overeater, it was a self-imposed crisis. It was my doing. The fingers pointed to me, myself, and I. But there is a way out. There is a solution to my problem. I have a choice. Am I willing to accept this gift of healing, or do I choose to stay in my disease? Let go and let God. Wow. I am so grateful that I was willing to receive God's gift of clarity to see that he is everything to me. It, it's having that sense of belonging and knowing in the depths of your being that everything I have comes from God. If I allow things to control me, then I, I'm not willing to surrender to God. If I don't let go and let God, then there's no change and if there's no change there's no god in my life and if there's no god in my life then i stay as a compulsive overeater i'm in bondage of self i'm a prisoner of my thoughts i am hopeless and i'm not living i'm just existing with a self-imposed crisis so what's the real question here it's about faith what do i choose to believe and focus on and then what do we choose to become I choose to focus on the truth, and the truth always sets me free because I'm connected to the true source of power, and that is God. Thank you, and I pray. Time. Thank you so much, Irini. M, next up, Leah M, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you for your service. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? You know, on page 47, the big book also asked me a question, more gently, you know, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And here on page 53, there's no wiggle room anymore. <laughs> the big book has turned up the heat for me. Uh, there, it's just black and white. What was my choice to be? There's no fallback position here. You know, what was the reality? You know, when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, I was the architect of my own misery. Um, you know, I had destroyed myself and my life and many people around my life, in my life, by my own hands under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. You know, it was my own, uh, you know, my own hand that caused this. So the big book here is straight and it's direct. Okay, after after the after your life has been destroyed, Leah, and everything you've touched, Leah, and you are living a life of misery and mental torture and emotional turmoil, what is your choice to be? You know, it's reminding me about my step one experience, that I have no power and I'm going to continue to live this miserable and tortured way of life and die prematurely unless I submit my will. This is a decision I'm making 
a decision <laughs> contrary perhaps to my wishes, but already the big book is forcing me into a new position, into a alignment with something greater. You know, when I, when I got to this point um, of this ultimatum, it was no longer about feelings. I saw that because feelings were going to be a trap in the spiritual life. They still are. God either is in my life or God isn't. Whether I feel it or I don't is totally irrelevant. How I feel is totally irrelevant. What's relevant is what I do. And so that was true at this point also. It really didn't matter how I was feeling at this point, whether I could wrap my brain around God or not. The relevancy here was going to be, am I going to submit myself and am I going to continue to take actions that perhaps are contrary to my, you know, my, my best thinking and just, just bend, bend, because the solution wasn't going to be to stop compulsive overeating for someone like me. The solution was going to be to have a relationship with a spirit which was going to remove the problem, and the work started now. It started now with this ultimatum, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leigh M. Next up is Reva P., followed by Mary B. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The first thing that struck me is about logic. And my disease is not logical, and I can't logic my way out of it. Um, so I can, uh, you know, intellect as much as I want, but that's not going to help me. The second thing that struck me is the term um, self-imposed crisis. Um, and that reminds me, if I'm abstinent only, I still live in crisis where life is a drama. Everything becomes an emergency. My emotions are like a roller coaster and eventually I end up picking up. Um, and that self-imposed crisis, living life as if everything is um, an emergency, crushes me um, in abstinence only. Um, and the last thing that strikes me is the choice. that I, When I get to this point in my education about the program, I have a choice. Nobody forced me to do this, and it's not my job to convince or force anybody else to carry on with the steps. But if I don't make this choice now, if I'm not convinced that I am powerless and I can't logic my way out and I can't fix myself and that the solution is a power, if I don't make the choice to start pursuing that power and doing the steps necessary to access the power, like really, there's no point going on if I don't make that choice. And I love the fact that the people who wrote this know me because they're squarely confronting me with an ultimatum and they know me as a compulsive overeater, I'm going to actually contemplate this choice. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to have tried again and again and again to solve my own problem and come out defeated. And I'm actually going to say, wait a minute, let me think about this. What do I think I want to do? Like that's the disease. That's how powerful it is. I might actually not even choose when somebody presents a solution right at my feet. Um, so 
it just gives me a bit of sense of humor about my disease. And I also want to just lastly say it's about turning. The choice is about turning. It doesn't have to be another crisis. It's just turn. My way is not working. I get to a turning point. There's a fork in the road, and I just turn the car and choose another way. And the steps are quite simple. Um, it's not as complicated as I make things out to be. Um, and then that's the way out. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Next up is Mary B. followed by Carly Z. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service uh, and everyone who has shared this morning. This is Mary B. gratefully recovered in Central California. These are, oh my goodness, such important paragraphs. And the words that are really important to me is at the end of the second paragraph, God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. And I am in a place where I know God is. But how did I get there? It took a long, long time. And I can go up to the previous paragraph, the end of the previous paragraph, where it says, um, we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. Well, since I thought I knew everything, um, I had to use, (laughs) I came to, three different words, and those words were, I give up. I was so tired of starting over and trying so hard, (laughs) worked so hard, and when I said I give up, I had to stop trying to understand it with my head, to read another book. Oh, this book. I heard somebody talk about this book. This book is going to do it. Find a a stronger meeting. I've got to go to a stronger meeting. I have to find a more spiritual sponsor. Uh, I have to go to a different church. I have to make more phone calls. Excuse me. No, I had to stop. Just stop. Find the right food plan for me, which I God brought into my life and has worked for me ever since and follow directions. Just follow directions. And I can look back now on those years, it's 12 and a half years, and see where God has a hand in everything in my life. But I can go way back, even before I came into into Overeaters Anonymous, which is, as most of you know, way back when I was had this frightening, punishing God, and I had a spiritual experience, a very spiritual experience. I didn't know it then, but today, with my understanding at a feeling level, and out of my head, and into my heart, I understand that that's exactly what it was. It's been quite an adventure. It brought me to this place, and I see God's hand in everything. Time. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share this morning, and I pass. Thank you so much, Mary B., 
Next up we have is Carly Z. Good morning, Carly. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in New York City. Compulsive overeater, anorexic, bulimic. Um, Carly Z. And it's so funny that it's talking about logic because I'm on jury duty right now. And um, all I'm hearing is logic. And I keep thinking, logic is great stuff. We like it. And then um, thinking about the judge and how God is the real judge of this trial. Um, because God is everything. You know, I can choose to let the power that makes the world spin and that keeps the moon in place and that, you know, makes all the flowers blossom in this season and turns embryos into babies. I can choose to let that force run my life or I can choose to do it myself. And for me, that choice is really, really obvious. Um, we agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to a reasonable approach and interpretation. And for me, like God is not reasonable. God is not a reasonable approach or interpretation. That's the whole point. Like with God, miracles can happen. Things that my human brain could not even conceive of could happen. And I can have a spiritual awakening that gets me out of the food. Um, That can happen. I've seen miracles happen all over the place and I know that it's not me. And um, my faith is growing stronger than ever as I work this program. So thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you for your share, Carly. We have time for one two minute share. Who would like to take it? Lisa B. All right, Lisa, you're up. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I continue to learn so much. What I just got um, from listening to all the shares in this reading, and I don't have the big book with me, but I'm just going to share on the whole essence of it, is that God is. Like, God is, whether or not I believe it or not, and the more I resist and fight it and debate, I get in so much pain. I get spiritually broken bones and joints and ligaments pulled and twisted and it's terrible, you know, and that's what happens is I keep fighting it when I keep thinking I can do this, I can figure it out, I can do it on my own. I keep getting destroyed and demolished because the truth is that God, whatever you call, whatever I call, is, God is, and it's in that silence, in that quiet place that I feel and see it. It's an invisible power, and through doing the steps, I can access that invisible power that's been inside of me all along. So God is, and um, that's what I, I have found through doing this work and have experienced it. I pass. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa B. We will um, go ahead and close. It's almost time, about less than a minute. So um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, April 19th, 11314-11314. So we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Terry in? please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Put away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.